Uh, we're going to continue in our uh, midweek service series here entitled The Grave Defeated. The Grave Defeated and talking about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for what Jesus has done for you? We've been reading out of the verse of the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, which is our series scripture. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 9. And it reads like this, Paul says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. How many can say amen to that? This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And all month long, we've been talking about uh, situations and, and, and circumstances and areas in our life that God seeks to revive. Amen. How many of you want revival? You want revival in your life. How many of you uh, married couples want revival in your marriage? Amen. How many of you want revival in your home, in your children, at your workplace, and of course, in the house of the Lord? Amen. We need revival. And God seeks to revive those things that maybe, maybe are dormant in your life. Maybe those things uh, that, that uh, haven't Maybe you lost hope in those areas of your life where maybe you stopped believing God for. God wants to revive that in your life. Those promises that God spoke over your life. God wants to revive that in your life. That you would never forget God's word. And that you would never stop trusting and, and having faith in Him and this supernatural power. The resurrection power that lives within you and I. God is at work. God is always at work. He's always doing great things. Tonight, I want to talk about generation Revived. Generation revived. If you would turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. Beginning in verse 1. The Bible says this. It says, the Lord took hold of me. Ezekiel speaks. He says, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. 
They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I am going to put breath in you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. Then all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which brings life. It brings life. Lord, you seek to bring life in us. Those areas in our life, Father, that are dead. The vision that may be dead, the hope that may be dead, the faith that may be dead. Lord, bring it back to life, Lord. Revive in us through your word. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for your love, for forgiveness, for your strength for your direction. Lord, we thank you for the inheritance that we have in you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has given us an opportunity to be in right standing with you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen and amen. See, God gave Ezekiel a vision of a graveyard. The valley of dry bones. Can you imagine looking out in this valley and seeing all of these human remains all over, scattered all over the floor? What a sad sight. And God gave Ezekiel this vision. So you can't get more dead than a bone, right? 
That's like the final, the final point. And they're scattered everywhere, represented the hope of the Israelites. It represented their hope. What was, what was God telling Ezekiel? That the hope of Israel was dead. But not only was it dead, but it was also dismembered. It was also desiccated. They were scattered everywhere. The Lord looks at Ezekiel in this vision and he says, Ezekiel, do you believe these bones can live again? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, do you believe? That's the first point tonight. Do you believe? You see, God wasn't asking Ezekiel if he believed that God was able to raise the dead to life. Because Ezekiel knew the power of God. He knew that God can raise the dead to life. What God was asking Ezekiel was, Ezekiel, do you believe that these bones can be raised up. I know you know that I'm able, and that's not the question, but do you believe that I want to raise these bones? Do you believe that these things that you are looking at can be raised back to life? See, there's a difference there. There's quite a difference. Because believing God can or can't do it is one thing. But if now we come to the question of, is this the thing that God wants to raise from the dead? That's an interesting question. As believers, you know, we answer that question and, and you know, of course we know God can raise the dead. All believers know that. Why? Because the first thing you believe is that Jesus died and rose from the dead, isn't it? That's the very first part. If you don't believe that, then you're not going anywhere else. Many others in the Bible that God raised from the dead, as a matter of fact, there were Ten, including Jesus, that were raised from the dead. But obviously we know Jesus raised himself. Amen? That was the difference. I want to look at what Jesus told Martha, the sister of Lazarus. After Lazarus was pronounced dead. In John chapter 11. Check out what Jesus tells Martha. It says, Jesus told her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Check this out. Even after dying. 
He says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he says this, do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? See, once again, I don't think Jesus was asking Martha, Martha, do you believe that I have, that, 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 I, that, that he can come back to life? I think what Jesus was asking Martha was that if she believed that life itself is linked to Jesus. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a different way of putting it. Jesus says, though he is dead, he shall live. And just like Martha, and just like us, we believe God can raise the dead. But once again, the Lord was asking something different of Ezekiel. And he says, do you believe that these things? You see, many times in our life, the most difficult things to believe God for are the things in our own lives. Let me put it this way. You may pray for someone Someone comes to you and they, and they ask you to pray for them. They need, they need a, a miracle in their life. They need healing. There's something that they are praying for. And you pray for them and you believe. You believe God can do it in their life. And they come to you and say, please pray for my child. My child is lost. They're addicted to this and to this. I want to see them in church. My marriage, it's in need of help. My health, it's just deteriorating. Can you please pray for me? And we have no problem believing God for a miracle in their life. We'll pray. And we'll pray over their life and we'll say, God, God, you know their hearts. Lord, they're coming to you. They're coming to you for help. Lord, and I pray right now that you will meet all their needs in their life. That you will comfort. That you will show your supernatural power at work in their life. And you believe, and you believe. But many times in our lives, the things that we don't believe are the things in our very own lives. We look, at, we look at situations in our lives as, as it can't be fixed. But you just prayed for someone else going through a similar thing. So why is it any different for them than it is for you? Do you think, do you honestly think that God wants to meet their need but not meet yours? Do you think that God cares more about them than he cares about you? You know, a lot of the times, it's because we know ourselves, isn't it? 
A lot of the times it's because we know all of our hang-ups. And so we keep ourselves down with our own hands. And we say, God doesn't want, God, God is not going to give me anything good. I know who I am. I know what I've done. How can I ask anything from God? And we keep ourselves down. Yet we can believe for someone else. See, God wants you to know tonight that you need to believe for those things. You need to believe those areas in your life that need reviving. You look out in your life and you may see a valley of dry bones. You may see situations that look just like that valley. And God says, do you believe? Do you believe? Once again, the question is not a matter of if I can do it, but do you believe that I want to do that? How many of you believe that God wants to revive those things in your life? He wants to change those circumstances in your life. He wants to help you through it. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you success. He wants to give you great relationships. See, when God speaks to us, we need to come into agreement with him. We need to. Even in those things that maybe you don't quite want to do. Maybe God is, is, is urging you to work with someone who is just a difficult person. And you're like, God, I've been, I've been trying. Lord, I've been trying with this person. Because how many of you know that working with people is, is not always easy, amen? It's not always easy. And we say, God, I spent years. God, I spent countless hours trying to work with so-and-so, and I can't do it. And God says, no, you need to, you need to keep uh, being patient with that individual, just as I have been patient with you. God always seems to bring back to memory how he has been in our lives. He does that with me. He does it with me, so I know he does it with you. I know, I know he'll, he'll, he'll remind us of those, of those areas in our lives where he is asking us to do exactly what he has done for us. He's saying, just as I have done for you, I want you to do for others. And that's the thing that we love about God, isn't it? Is that he will show us the way. He doesn't, he doesn't just speak things, but he practices what he preaches. That's the great thing about God, and God is asking us to do those things, but many times 
We say, God, I think enough is enough, and I think I've given enough time. Let's move on. But the question is, do you believe God can change their lives? Do you believe that God wants you to keep working with them or to give up on them? What do you think God wants you to do? Do you think God wants you to say, you know what, let's throw in the towel here. You've given enough. Let's throw in the towel. You've spent enough time working with so-and-so. I think we're done here. No, I believe God says, let's persevere. Let's persevere. You keep doing it. You keep doing what I have called you to do, and you're going to see the fruits. Because that's who God is. God doesn't give up on us. God brought the bones of these people of Israel back to life. Ezekiel talks about the breath of God. The mighty breath of God. It reminds me of creation in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. You see, Adam wasn't alive until God breathed in him. He was just bones, flesh, muscle, blood, skin. That's all he was. The Bible says that God breathed life into Adam. He breathed life into him. Job 33 verse 4. Job says, the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. How many of you just need a breath from God today in your life? You just need a breath of God. God, I need life. I need life. I'm telling you tonight that God wants to breathe in your life more than you want him to breathe into your life. (laughs) God wants to give you direction and strength and discernment even more than you want it for your own life. I don't think God's the holdup here. I don't think God is the one slowing things down here in our lives. (laughs) I think we are. And I don't just think, I know. I know we're the ones that are slowing things down. I know we're the ones that are guilty of, of of making things take longer. I know we're the ones that make matters a little more difficult than they were supposed to be. A little more stressful than God intended it to be. As Ezekiel looked out at the valley of death, the Lord asked him, 
Can these bones become living again? God was asking him, do you see life out there? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, can you see it? Now, I know I, 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 used, I used this, this um, point in one of my sermons recently. But God was pushing this on me. I, I had prepared this sermon, not even thinking about the last sermon that I had did using that point. God was pushing this on me. And so I know that there's a different direction that God wants to take us in. Can you see it? When you look out into the world, when you look at this generation, and we know that when we say this generation, we don't mean a certain age. We mean everyone. Everyone's included in this generation, right? Amen? Amen? All right. We're all part of it. Don't blame, don't blame a, certain, a certain age group, okay? <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't a certain, a certain uh, party's fault. Let's all, let's all take uh, responsibility and initiative, amen? Let's all take ownership. When you look at the world, when you look at this generation, do you see life out there? When you, when you look at the news, what do you see? What is it that you see when you step out of your home, when you go shopping, when you come to church? What do you see? Do you see life? Or do you just see a valley of dry bones? Is all you see is death? We know the enemy wants nothing more than to stop the move of God in this world. That the revival would come to an end. We face this as, as many uh, second and third generation Christians live today. You see, because first-generation Christians, they had, the, they had the, the encounter with Jesus Christ. Didn't you, first-generation Christians? You had a real encounter with Christ. There were, there were real things that needed to change in your life. There was drug and alcohol addiction. There was sexual promiscuity. There was involvement in gangs. There was incarceration. There was, there was messed up marriages. And the list goes on. And you had an encounter with Christ. When you came to him, you saw real change. You saw real change. Why? Because you were a person in need. You were a person in need. You were a person that said, I can't do this any longer. I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel on trying to do this on my own. And you said, God, I'm giving my life to you. 
and you saw a real change. See, the problem sometimes is, is that now we enter second, third, maybe even fourth generation Christians. I'm a second generation Christian myself. Raised in church. Many times as a second generation Christian, you didn't have that real transformation in your life. There weren't real things that had to change. And I use these words very carefully here. You weren't bound by all those things that I had just mentioned. You were raised in church. And so there wasn't a, there, there maybe for some may have not experienced yet a real encounter with Jesus Christ. And because of that, they may not even feel saved. Because they ask, well, what am I saved from? What is it that God saved me from? Because I wasn't doing this and that. So what did God save me from? And they ask that question. And it leads down a road to many thinking, well, do I even belong here? Do I belong in church? What is my place? Because I look around and I see all these people who, who, who and, and I'll say this very carefully too, because this is what some people may think in their head. I look around and see people who needed Jesus. Well, I didn't need Jesus. I didn't need him. I just grew up here. So where is my place? What is my role? Do I belong here? And it's a place that I believe the enemy wants us to reside in as second and third generation Christians. I believe he wants us to reside, and I'll call it like this, in that valley of dry bones. where we're not really walking in the calling that God has for our life and our purpose. Because we're still at that place of, is this really for me? I want to take you back to the last two verses of Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel 36 And I want to say this, that these, these two verses here, verse 37 and verse 38 of Ezekiel chapter 36, these verses take place right before God showed Ezekiel the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. Okay? So this is right before that vision. Check this out. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. 
I am ready to hear Israel's prayers and to increase their numbers like a flock. This will be as numerous as the sacred flocks that filled Jerusalem's streets at the time of her festivals. The ruined cities will be, cr- will be crowded with people once more. And everyone will know that I am the Lord. You see, the Lord had just spoke this promise to Ezekiel. He just spoke this to him. And he said that I'm going to answer, I am ready to answer Israel's prayers. To restore. To restore. And now the next verse is the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. So you see where I'm going with this. This reminds me so much of the world that we live in today. It reminds me all too well of what we are facing today. Everything was going good. Everything was good. We were moving. We were growing. Lives were being transformed. We were seeing a move of God. And then enter COVID. (laughs) And then enter COVID. We were surrounded by death, weren't we? We were surrounded with with the image of the valley of dry bones. We thought, what just happened? All these, all these things were going good, and it's come to a crashing halt. God, what is going on? What is happening here? Because this doesn't make any sense. Many fell into hopelessness, confusion, worry, doubt. But I believe God was at work even through it all. I believe God was doing great things all the time through it all. I believe God was at work in your lives. I believe God was speaking to each of his children. And he was was asking the question, can you see it? All these past months that you've, that you've been, been going through. God's been speaking to you. He's been asking you, can you see it? Do you see life out there? Can these bones become living people again? And the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, if you can believe it, If you can see it, we come to our last point. He says, then speak it. Then speak it. If you believe that I can, that that these bones can be raised to life and you can see life in that valley, then you need to speak to those dry bones. 
You need to speak life into them. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 4, as the worship teams come, uh, comes forward tonight. Ezekiel 37, verse 4, he says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, t- and say this, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live, live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel says, so I spoke this message just as he told me. He says, suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this. He says, the bones of each body came together. I mentioned to you how the bones were completely scattered. He says, then the bones, then the bones of the body, they came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. He says, then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies. He says, but they still had no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say this. This is what the Lord, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. A great army. I believe God wants you to speak life into those situations in your life that may seem hopeless. Speak life over yourselves. Speak life over your marriage. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your unsafe family members. Speak life over your prodigal children. Speak life. Speak life. God is urging you. If you believe it and you can see it, then you need to speak life. Ezekiel 37, verse 11, we'll close with this. 37, verse 11 says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, the Lord says, Prophesy to them, and say this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. He says, oh my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. 
I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. You see the same supernatural power that raised Christ from the dead. That raised those dry bones to their feet and to life is raising a mighty army. A generation revived in this world. generation revived is what we are part of. God is bringing life. When God comes through, he brings life. When God breathes, he breathes life. Tonight, Tonight, do you believe? Can you see it? And if so, you need to speak it. Start speaking it into your life. Start speaking it into your situations. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it looks. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it isn't to the point of dry bones. Whatever you're going through is not to the point of dry bones. And even if it was, God can still revive. God can still revive. Amen. Give God the praise tonight. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.